I don't need to change my process just to serve bigger clients. The process is what people love to come to. Welcome back to Duo On Air. I'm Abby. And I'm Courtney. And we're the ex-agency turned entrepreneurial team that puts the duo in Duo Collective. Our boutique organic marketing agency specializes in SEO, social media strategy, and brand. We're an everyday pair of business besties slash marketing experts obsessed with helping our community learn more about what it takes to run a business. Which is why on Duo On Air, we're not holding anything back. We're giving you all the info we know about how to grow your business organically so you can be the confident CEO you were made to be. And how to navigate life as a small business owner. Whether it's on your own or with your best friend by your side. So grab your coffee or your mimosa, we don't judge, and settle in for a quick value-packed episode of Marketing Tips. Welcome back to the Duo On Air podcast. This is episode number 69, and today we are talking about how I approach SEO across various clients. Big, small, medium-sized, whatever it may be. This is a little bit of a spoiler alert, but I do not bias or approach them any differently before I start a project. I know this is something that I think a lot of times is like if a really massive company or a massive website comes into me, I do have a little moment of imposter syndrome where I'm wondering, why are they coming to me? Like, why aren't they going to a big massive agency who can charge thousands of dollars for a retainer every single month to manage their SEO with a huge team? And it's something where I just realized that regardless of the project that I've worked on, everyone struggles with the same things when it comes to organically growing their business. And that's usually because regardless of what company it is, they're not experts in this space. So I don't need to change up my process and add in more jargon and make myself sound more expert-like, so to speak. I can still just plain Jane it remove the jargon, talk about what you need to do to grow. And actually, a lot of the bigger companies that I work with tend to appreciate that because they don't know anything more than you. They, a lot of times, the conversations I have are exactly the same. And I think that's what I find so that I'm so passionate about as an agency owner or boutique agency owner is that I don't need to change my process just to serve bigger clients. The process is what people love to come to. So that's just a little soapbox note because regardless of where you are, who you serve, we've all had these moments, right, of imposter syndrome. I need to change my process for this one client because this one client is the dream and they just came to me. But you don't. They came to you because your process exists and it works. So keep it the same. You don't need to change it. So with that said, regardless of the size of process, I don't do anything different. So I kind of want to share with you guys today what my SEO process is overall and how then, based on a few different scenarios in terms of how they're performing in the SEO space, how I change up my recommendations or where I spend the majority of my time. So you likely fall into one of these scenarios and then you can kind of take from that some learnings to understand where you can grow your own business. So To start, one of the things that I do before I begin every single project is I ask, one, who are your competitors? And two, who do you dream or aspire to become? And then what I do is I like to show them overall in regards to different SEO metrics that we'll go through, 
how how are people doing? How are people how are all these people doing in the SEO space? How are your competitors doing in the SEO space? How are your dream people that you are aspiring to be? How are they doing in the SEO space? And sometimes it's really fun to see because my clients will look at that and they'll be like, I am shocked. This person is a massive leader in the industry and their SEO is crap. Like they're not leveraging SEO at all to drive business. They're clearly leveraging something else like Instagram. Someone who has hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram can still have horrible SEO. So this is something that really, it's just proof to say that who your competitors are is great to understand, but when it comes to SEO, they might not be a competitor to you in the SEO space. And that's something where you really have to turn to a search engine and you have to search for the industry you're in and the services you offer and the audience you serve and see who else pops up, who pops up in a search engine page, because someone might be leading the industry from a search perspective, but they don't exist on Instagram. Therefore, you don't know about them. So that's something to just look at. And it's something I always like to ground my clients on is just understanding who your true competitors are in the SEO space, because you can't always judge a book by the cover, especially when that cover is Instagram. (laughs) So My SEO process overall, the first thing I do with every website I look at is I look at their overall performance. So I look at four things, organic traffic, keywords indexed, their backlinks, and domain authority. So if all of those words just went right over your head, hang on, I'm going to break down each of these so that you understand them. So first, organic traffic. How much traffic is your website bringing in solely from search engines? And this also doesn't mean anything paid. I only want to know how much organic traffic you're getting from search engines. So that is the first metric. The second metric is keywords indexed. So of all the words on your website, what have search engines grabbed and indexed in their system in order to serve them up as a result when someone's searching for it? So I always like to talk about this as like Google's filing cabinet, which I also realize like completely dates me because I don't know who else has a filing cabinet nowadays since everything's digitized. But imagine it like a digital file cabinet for Google and all search engines really. It doesn't just need to be Google. It can be Bing. It can be Yahoo. It can be any DuckDuckGo, whatever the search engine is that you use. They all have their own filing system. And every word or query or keyword, whatever you want to call it, that someone types into the search bar has a folder. And that folder holds a bunch of websites that have written those words in there. And Google has to rank them in order to figure out what am I going to serve first? What types of content am I going to serve? So what I want to know with this is I want to know how many keywords on your website have been indexed. How many keywords are put into different folders from these search engines so that you can be served? Even if you're really low in the rankings, I just want to know where you're indexed. So that's number two. Number three is backlinks. I want to know how many times your website is linked on someone else's website. So this is something that really impacts how authoritative you are in the industry and for search engines to understand how authoritative you are, which we'll talk about in a second. 
So it's basically Google's or any search engine's word of mouth. If you get a recommendation from a friend and that friend has told you about a different service or a product that you need to buy or leverage, you are going to hold that to a higher standard because you got that recommendation from a friend and not just a random link on the internet. It's kind of like that. So Google or Bing or whatever the search engine is, is going to see that other people are talking about you on your website. They're linking back to you. And because of that, they're like, oh, well, if they're linking to them, they must know their stuff. They must know what they're talking about. I should consider them with higher authority. So backlinks are super important and something that people often forget about. And if this is an area that you have heard nothing about and need a little bit of help, we have an email challenge that you can go to. I will link it in the show notes. And that is a completely free email, five-day email challenge that will take you through the process of getting backlinks for your website. We also share some email templates that you can use and leverage and building goals and all of that. So we break all of that jargon down so that you can do that. So that is number three. And number four is domain authority. So this is a search engine ranking score that was developed by Moz that predicts how likely a website is to rank in a search engine result page, which oftentimes you'll see as SERP. The higher, the better here. It actually dictates how authoritative you are on the topic in the industry that you serve. So how do you grow domain authority? It's through the other three things. The more keywords and content you create on your website, the more traffic you drive organically to your website, and the more backlinks you have that tout how how amazing you are is all going to factor into how high your domain authority is. Domain authority is a number that's zero to 100. Even huge websites like Facebook, Google, YouTube, no one's 100. 100 is a super far off number. They're in the 90s for sure, but you can't really get a perfect score. I'm sure there's someone out there that has a perfect score. But in YouTube, to my knowledge right now, is the highest, which of course they are owned by Google, but that is one of the biggest search engines in the world. So this is something where getting in the double digits is hard. I mean, it takes a long time to get there. You will watch this just trickle grow really slowly. Um, and it's just, it's one of the hardest numbers to grow. But by consistently creating content that uses the right keywords, that drives traffic, by dedicating time to grow your backlinks, if you're doing all of that, you will notice growth. And that growth really compounds over time. So those are the metrics that I take a look at for every single website I look at. And I also actually pull all of these numbers before I even talk to someone on a discovery call because just by looking at these numbers in my head, I can process a solution for what we're going to do next and how I would approach their audit and how I would approach their research. And all of that is dictated by the numbers that I see. So let me give you a few common scenarios of when I look at these numbers, what does it then tell me to do? So first scenario is you have low number of keywords indexed and low traffic. This typically is, this is probably the most common situation I see because if someone is struggling with SEO, they likely don't have any traffic and they don't know why. They don't understand that it's because they have low keywords indexed, but they just know that like 
they're not driving traffic to their website and they need help. So in this situation, there's two things that I look at. I go pop over to their website and I take a look at the content. Do they have a lot of content on their website? Do they have a blog? Do they have keywords in their headlines? Do they have a lot of words on their website? Or are they just lacking content in general? So one of the recommendations might be that we need to add more content to your website. You need to either start a blog, like highly consider starting a blog, or we need to really use some copywriting time to add more keyword-rich content to your website. So that's option one. Option two is sometimes I go to their website after seeing both low keywords and low traffic, and then I find out that their website does have tons of content, tons of keywords, and it looks really good. And I'm sitting here wondering why the heck don't they have any traffic? So when I see that, that is usually when I ask the question, do you have Google Search Console installed? And usually the answer is no, or we misinterpret Google Search Console for being Google Business Profile or Google Analytics. Those are three separate tools. So Google Analytics, Google Business Profile, and Google Search Console, you need them all, but they are three different things. And Google Search Console is the one where you can actually go into that tool and say, hey, Google, learn about all of my content. Can you crawl all of this content for me and index it? Like you literally say that. (laughs) So that tool is so important. And that's usually the first step. I'll be like, hey, we're going to do this right away. We're going to set up your Google tools. We're going to index your content. And then we're going to start doing more research and audit everything after that. But we need this installed first. So those are the two options with the first scenario that I come across. The next scenario that I see is where they have tons of keywords and content indexed, but their traffic is super low. So this is where I notice instantly that their keyword strategy or their content strategy is just off. Something isn't right. They're writing for the wrong keywords. We need to get new keywords in there that people are actually searching for, and that's likely why they're not seeing the traffic. I will also, with all of these, I always look at Google Search Console anyways, just to make sure the content is getting indexed. But if I see a really high indexed amount of content, but low traffic, it just means we're not writing for the right keywords. You're being indexed, but you're not ranking very high. So that's typically the option that I go with there. And the third scenario and the last scenario that I'm going to walk through is that their keywords and traffic is great, but their domain authority is low or just kind of stagnant. And this is where I really lean on a backlink strategy plan. Oftentimes people think about blogging. They think blogging is the best way to grow for SEO, which is great. And that's, that is a really great strategy, but you'll notice that your domain authority grows a little slower when you only work on creating content and you're not working on outreach and growing your backlinks. So that's usually where I lean on that option. So every single project that I work on is different. These numbers are different. Sometimes they tell a different story. Sometimes I uncover different issues, different things lining up. But these are some of the biggest scenarios that I come across. And I usually understand and know the approach on our discovery call. I know exactly what it is that we need to focus on and how I need to do the research. And so I just let the numbers do the talking. And I touch every metric and make sure that they're trending up. 
So even if one of them, like for example, if I get to scenario three and their keywords in their traffic is really great, that doesn't mean I'm not going to do keyword research. I'm still absolutely going to do keyword research, but it's not going to be the biggest priority for their SEO growth. And I'm going to help articulate that as they continue working on their SEO moving forward. So one thing that I do do differently when I'm working with a website that has really great SEO or a really large website with thousands and thousands of pages is I do use a different tool. So I use a mixture of both Ubersuggest and SEMrush or SEMrush. And I use a mix of both of those for all of my client projects. And then when I am digging into audits, especially with websites that have really high volume of pages, I tend to use SEMrush more often. And that's just because it can dig deeper into every single page and every single issue that is there. So as an SEO strategist, that's really the only difference that I use is in terms of what tool I'm using. So we have a keyword research tool guide that you can download and peek at that goes through four different tools that you can leverage. Uh, SEMrush is not one of them because SEMrush is actually a very expensive tool. Uh, It's something that we didn't start working in until just this year. And prior to that, we were leveraging Ubersuggest for everything, which is a really, really great tool. I really... I really can't say enough good things about it. And depending on whether you're an SEO strategist or not, I definitely recommend leveraging a tool, but you don't need to invest hundreds of dollars every single month to leverage a massive tool unless you are doing SEO strategy like me. So my biggest takeaway to this episode is to know and understand your numbers and track your growth. All of those numbers that I talked about, your organic traffic, your backlinks, the keywords indexed, and your domain authority number. You should know what they are for your website because then you can take these scenarios that I've given you and you can determine what your organic SEO strategy is going to be. So optimizing your content is just one thing, but then you need to take the next step to continue to grow your SEO, whether that be through content creation or outreach, a good keyword strategy, whatever that may be, and then continue to grow it from there. And obviously, you know where to go if you don't want to do the work yourself. (laughs) So thank you for listening to another episode of Duo On Air. I'll see you next week. If you like this episode, please be sure to share it with a friend and subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes dropping every Monday. Plus, if you haven't already, please go ahead and leave us a review and don't hesitate to share any new episode ideas. We absolutely love hearing from you and creating this content for you. See you next week.